promised you that you'd be first in line, but basically like he's going to get vetted in the next few days if you don't put the money down. (laughs) And I was like, Oh my God, like how do I come up with this money? Like how do I buy this horse? Welcome to the Major League Eventing Podcast, the show for eventing fans by eventing fans. Hey, Karen, it's that time again. We'd like to thank our sponsor, Main and Tail. Love them. Love, love, love Main and Tail. Today we are highlighting the Main and Tail Shine On product. Awesome stuff. Awesome stuff. Great stuff. Why don't you tell us all about Shine On? Sure. The Shine On is an exclusive formula designed to provide instant high-gloss shine that lasts. Shine On is a pH-balanced formula that repels dust and provides long-lasting prevention of coat stains. Nice. Yes. Saves grooming time, can be used dry or wet, and it has a gentle pH-balanced formula with no unpleasant odor. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, good. This smells good. So this stuff's got a nice kind of slick conditioner to it mm-hmm. what they want to make sure is it's so good don't want to put it anywhere your saddle's going to sit because it might just might, slip, might just slide slide off slide right on off so. <laughs> <laughs> but the stuff's so good if you use it every day the grass stains and those sort of mm-hmm. things are much much easier to get off because yep. they're not getting embedded in that dry old hair they kind of got a little barrier there so helps keep the dust off too heck yeah this is some good good stuff karen so thank you man and tail thank you for shine on is an awesome product and we are so thankful that you guys sponsor us. Thank you. Hey, Karen, it's our favorite time of the podcast. Got another five-star review? You bet. That'd be awesome. Can you give it a read, please? Sure. This is by Horse Tab. Uh, they put informative and funny podcast. I absolutely love the MLE podcast. It's informative, inspiring, and funny. I'm going to start being more competitive and move up the levels after years of trying to make it happen. And this podcast has gotten me so excited and filled with knowledge. I'm a truck driver, and it's so great to just listen while I'm driving at work. I can't wait to listen to more. Oh, that is awesome. Thank you so much for that review. Writing that review, giving us the five stars, Karen. Yeah. And then on top of that, getting back, we're helping inspire. Mm-hmm. So we're super excited for you coming, making Very your excited. comeback. That is awesome. Yes. So can't wait. Like, like uh, Karen, what do you think? Maybe someday we'll be interviewing the horse tab that would be awesome that would be awesome so best of luck out there we're rooting for you i'm karen and i'm rob and karen we got a very special guest today i'm very excited about this guest we have international eventer welcome to the show kelly yeah welcome thank you thank you for having me holy smokes we are so excited to have you on you uh you 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 know, for anyone who, well, people are going to get to know Ke- Ke- Kelly on the show this time, mm-hmm, Karen. Mm-hmm. People who maybe don't know much about you, they're going to be like, holy smokes, Kelly has uh, <laughs> been around the world and knows, knows it all. <laughs> so uh, we're really excited to bring you to, to our audience. So, um, so, so thank you so much for that. We're really excited. We're, um, we know you're always traveling around. Eventers are always doing shows mm-hmm. and running around and fitness interviewing whenever. Where are you at right now? I am in Ocala, Florida, um, at what I call home now, and Longwood Farm in Ocala. Longwood, Longwood Farm. Farm. Ocala's really booming these days. I tell you, I think uh, 
I think I need to get there, Karen. <laughs> yeah. I think Ocala is calling it's for me. Really, it is really nice. We're starting to heat up a little bit. <laughs> um, kind of missing a little bit of the springtime um, up north. and California, I've been talking to my parents, and it's raining there. And I guess it's pretty wet up north right now yeah. as well. Yeah. So maybe I'm not missing that. <laughs> so you just have to start your days like before the sun comes up? Is that what you try to do, Get get the... Well, I don't tend to get out before the sun comes up, honestly. Um, maybe if I had a horse getting ready for a, a five-star or something, I might I might be out a bit earlier to help them in the cool weather. But right now with the young ones, uh, we kick away. You're fine to ride pretty much right now all day. Um, but yeah, a little bit. Um, August and September get, get pretty, pretty toasty. See, they kept telling me last year was my first summer in Florida, and I was in June. I was like, "Oh my god, it's so hot!" And they're like, "Oh, you just wait until July." And I'm like, "What?" And then in July, I'm like, "It's hot," and they're like, "Just wait till August." Oh and I'm gosh. like, "What?" And then they're like, "Oh yeah, September's even worse." And I'm like, "Isn't it supposed to be cooling down by September?" Right. But they were right. August and September were hot, and now I'm I'm gonna just stay quiet in June and not complain about the heat because that's gets hotter and hotter. But the winters are lovely and. You know, it it is nice. You just it, you just have to bear through the long. It's a long summer. Maybe we can get a three season home in Ocala, Karen. Just do this three seasons. <laughs> just the three seasons. And then come back up north for. for the <laughs> yeah, no, it's nice. I mean, you do. That's what I did for many years. Um, was the Pennsylvania, Florida when I first came east, and you get you do to get two springs when you do it. You you hit the spring here in uh, April, and then you move up, and then in spring pops again when you're up north so that's pretty cool because it's a pretty cool time of year but i do miss the falls the northern falls they're lovely i never knew those in california we didn't really have four seasons so uh that's one thing i miss about the northern falls yeah Yeah. that's uh, and then and then (laughs) and then you get winter and then you get winter it it all is downhill after the after the leaves fall off yeah i've I've never done that yeah Uh, so Kelly, one thing we love to do is we love to go back and hear your story about how you um, got into riding. So can you take us back and uh, tell us all about it? Yeah, I um, well, I was uh, I rode before I was born. My mom rode when she was pregnant, um, and I was pretty much put on a horse uh, before I could walk. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> I yet awesome. I think she rode with me, holding me in the front of the saddle um, for. A, until I could basically steer myself or not even steer myself. I think she then ponied me off another horse on a horse. So at least I could sit up without falling off. Um, then I started to ride by myself, but pretty much, pretty much born into it. My, um, my family, my, my sister, I have an older sister, um, who's a half sister and she grew up in Pennsylvania. Funny enough, kind of really near where I ended up basing for five years. Um, she started her riding out there and then, um, continued it when they moved to California and my mom met my dad and kind of got him back into horses. My great grandfather and my grandfather both into racehorses on my dad's side. And then my sister managed one of the biggest tax stores in Northern California was Hmm. office at the time. And so she, she, I was all, you know, I got anything from the tax store. I started out with the tiny little saddles and helmets and they liked to dress me up. I think that was (laughs) my first lead line class when I was three years old on a four-year-old quarter horse. And me and my sister had matching sweaters and matching braids and 
that whole. So I think my first show yet was when I was three. And uh, I think I did my first event when I was eight, which I don't think I finished. I got halfway around the cross country course and my pony bucked me off and I landed in a bush. I remember crawling out from under a bush with my first (laughs) event by myself. Um, But at that time they threw me back up on and I think I, I think I came through the finish like, but I I don't remember it horribly well, but I think I was about eight. They tell me that that concussion Um, probably is why. Yeah, my dad came running back out with my pony, very mad at him. Uh, (laughs) So that was eight. Um, So yeah, so pretty much born into it. Been dad's dad's dad, and my great grandfather, and my sister was a big, big part in uh, in getting me into horses. She's done about everything under the sun with horses, from jumpers uh, as a kid to eventing when they first moved to California to dressage. She's a beautiful dressage rider and showing mares in hand with foals. And now she's rides Western. And oh, <laughs> wow. um, so yeah, she's, she's all around great, great horse people. Um, my dad drives draft horses. And wow. so I grew up also around them. When I was like two, I think he got his first draft horse. Um, after kind of having me and the ponies and my sister got him back into horses um, and he got draft horses and started driving Belgian draft horses. So wow. I grew up also driving horses as well as riding. Wow. wow. Holy smokes. <laughs> yeah. I bet that sister gets on the Western. I mean, there's a lot of money in that out West, isn't there? Like the Western riding. I think, yeah. I mean, they win like horse trailers and their purses are a bit bigger. Um, roping. I don't know if it's the, I, I honestly, I, I don't know a ton about it. It's crazy when you're in your bubble of eventing, you don't know a ton about the rest of the sports, right. but um, I do think they win. Like I, yeah, I think they were chasing a horse trailer at one point. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> that's a nice prize. Yeah, yeah so that's I know, we right? Wanna we want to try to get more of that over to art to the eventing side. So I'm trying to, I'm trying to yeah. infiltrate the Western world. And learn how they're doing Yeah, this. I think that would be a great prize, right? A horse trailer. Oh, Who wouldn't yeah, want to yeah. win a horse trailer? Oh, I got big plans for eventing. You just wait. You just hang in there. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to have big money. Oh, here, God. So mm. I'm, on, I'm, on a, I'm on a mission to get some big prize money coming this way. Get- Belt buckles. Big, yeah, be belt awful. buckles are definitely, we're definitely going to start winning belt buckles at events. <laughs> <laughs> I think I did win one back out in California. It was um, called Three Day Ranch. And I have a belt buckle from, it was uh, t- uh, somebody who, Tammy Smith, um, was a client of hers and they had an event out there. And uh, yeah, I think the first year they ran it, they gave us belt buckles. This is pretty cool. <laughs> it has like a uh, venting flags, like cross country jump with flags yeah. on it and stuff. And that's yeah, funny because we don't obviously get those. So it's kind of cool. We have got to bring that back here. Oh yeah. Well, that's, that's coming back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The major league eventing belt buckle. We'll like sponsor. All blinged own, out. All blinged out. We'll do like uh for like the fair Hill international or something. We'll do like the <laughs> top something rider gets a belt buckle with our logo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, people would be dying to not get the, anything but the belt buckle. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we 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 derailed that whole thing. What, so so you were young, you doing the eventing. How did you as you as you kind of went on? Did you pony club and stuff to learn more, or were you just straight um, your whole family? I did no, I didn't end up doing pony club. I I don't know if there just maybe wasn't a big. There wasn't a big thing really around us. I, um, God, what is that? How I, I started out with a couple of different trainers around the area and my sister always helped me. And then when I got, I think I was about 12, I 
first went to my trainers, Andrea and James Pfeiffer of Chocolate Horse Farm. Um, James is a farrier and he rode a lot back then. And um, he ended up starting me. I started taking lessons from him on uh, my pony. And then I ended up moving over to Andrea, his wife, who is the current owner of Chocolate Horse Farm. And she coached me until all through high school um, until I moved to England. And she's the one that helped um, set me up and and base me over in England. Uh, I was originally went over to start my BHS um, horse society exam. Um, So she set that whole thing up with a a good friend of hers, Lizzle Winter, who is um, Eric Winter's wife, who designs badminton. So that was my first base um, abroad. Jeez. So, yeah, so I was with Andrea for, um, since I, yeah, from when I was 12 until I was 17. And she's a, a wonderful trainer and she, she did pony club. Um, and so she had a lot of the basics and she was great with putting, uh, the base on you as a rider, um, good, um, technique, good position, just a very good base on, on your riding. And I started out with a pony who, was my sister's she got him when she first moved to california and i think he was quite wild and <laughs> dumped everybody and bolted and was horrible and he maybe was like six or seven when she got him but by the time i got him he was 24 oh, wow. oh. and um he was still quite wild <laughs> and we it was before time penalties and i would take him novice and i would like jump the second to last fence because if you did it in front of the finish flag between the last and the finish flag you got penalized for it but but before the last fence i would just circle and watch my watch until it was you know the 45 seconds or a minute or whatever when it started the time <laughs> the speed fault time so i used to go around at mach 1000 on a floppy loose rain and <sighs> cruise around no problem and then all of a sudden it was time fault so i had to learn how to circle before the second to last fence and i'd be out there circling for about a minute trotting or cantering around in a circle and then jump last fence and go through the finish leg <laughs> oh my um, goodness <laughs> yeah and i <laughs> so that was he just the way he went and I had a trainer before I went to Andrea's it was like you've got to learn how to hold the reins and you can't go around on a loose rein all the time and some horses are you're not gonna be able to ride your next horse if you don't figure that out but it's just how he likes to go he was wild he never put his head down the only time he put his head down in the dressage was at Del Mar we had the championship and it was pouring down rain and I was in the warm-up and it was total lake and he had his head in the air for so long I think and the splashes from the arena were hitting him and I think he went in the indoor and his neck was probably so tired from having in the air for so long <laughs> that he dropped his head and he did like the best test of his entire career oh. um, because I think he just needed to put his head down after having it so hard That's for so long <laughs> <laughs> it was just tired. <laughs> kind of exciting I like I think I won junior novice champion or whatever but I was you know, he did he was wonderful jumping he went Mach 1000 that's just how he went and uh, he was 25 and you weren't going to change that and wow. um, Andrea tried very hard she used to run around on a 20 meter circle with me pulling his head down as I trotted around on the circle but as soon as she let go his head went straight in the air again he was a Morgan Appaloosa cross um, uh, sport horse breeding so for sure right? kind of the way yeah. he went and I didn't mind going fast and so yeah we flew around the cross country awesome. course. Um, <laughs> Those Morgans are hardy horses. Those both are more hardy horses. Yeah. Very hardy. Yeah. And with the Appaloosa stubbornness. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> he was a 
sweet pony and he took wonderful care of me and he was a wonderful jumper and I did many years at novice with him um I think they just didn't want to push him he we jumped bigger stuff but you know he was older and so I god I can't tell you how many years I went novice but I went novice for a long time I was pretty (laughs) from when I was probably eight so I don't know I don't know when I I can't remember how old I got my next horse but um yeah I, I did a lot on him and he was wonderful and um, I vented him until he was like 27, I think, wow. <laughs> barefoot. And... That is awesome. Thank God for like yeah. horses like that. Yeah. So then Andrea kind of took me to my next level. She helped me buy my next horse after that, um, which was kind of a crazy little Swedish mare who we got for like $5,000. And my parents didn't have much money. So that was quite a lot really for, for us to go out and buy a horse for that price. I think we might have bought Thunder for like 500 for my sister. Um, so yeah, they, they put every penny they had and they were so supportive into me. Um, went to all the shows with me. My dad went to all the shows with me when I was younger. Um, he's a fisherman. So he had a little more time on his hands during show season. And then in the winter, um, he fished and my mom was a swim coach. So when I was first um, competing a lot she was working swim coach and so she couldn't leave so my dad went to a lot of the events with me because she was at swim meets um, and then it kind of swapped over then my dad had to start doing draft horse stuff and so he did that on the weekends a bit more and then my mom retired from swim coaching so then she went to the events with me so they were super super supportive my whole life and uh, with the horses and everything so yeah Andrea, Andrea helped me buy my next horse and they you know put that into her and she didn't actually end up working out. She got hurt and then she kept jumping mm. out of every field she was in. So we had to oh. send her off to get, to get bread, but she was a cool little mare. And then actually Andrea gave me my next horse after that. Um, it was just a, a crazy chestnut mare who stood on her hind legs the majority of the time in the dressage <laughs> um, and bolted with a girl across country and ended up actually crashing and breaking her jaw and oh. taking her front teeth out and, all sorts of crazy things. So anyways, I ended up with her somehow. I got gifted her, which she was an amazing horse, an amazing jumper, but um, taught me a lot. So I have Andrea and James Fiver to thank for giving me my first horse. That was a horse that took me up through intermediate. Uh, she had string halt, so I never did any FEI jog stuff okay. with her. Um, but I did get to do one intermediate before I left for England. Yeah, What, um, was, the, what was the England uh, experience like? You were out there for a while. I was out there for a while. I um, so I got base. So Andrea sent me to Lizzle um, Winters, and she, they had a program. They had an eventing yard up top um, that her and Eric evented um, horses, and so they had their yard up top of their personal horses they evented, and then horses in training with them that were show horses. And then they had um, a pony school down below. So a big shed and all the ponies lived in the fields. And so we'd have to go out and bring, you know, however many ponies, 15, 20 ponies, muddy little English ponies in, and we'd stand them in standing stalls and brush them off. And and there was a little indoor school. And so uh, we'd help with the lessons. Um, And I ended up helping on the top yard a bit to go into the events and helping ride some of the younger horses. Um, I just had, had ridden kind of anything and everything with Andrea. She'd given me a good base. So they let me ride a bit, a bit more up in the top yard, which, um, which was quite cool. And I went to a lot of shows around with them. Um, and then you're down in the pony school and they helped train us for the VHS, the British horse society exams. Um, 
by just, you know, the British Horse Society, if you don't know about it, it is, um, you can do exams kind of like if you were to go to university um, for horses, basically, they, I mean, they have other stuff, but it kind of helps you learn the basics of horsemanship, not just riding, they do have two, they have your riding side, and then they have um, your horsemanship side. And so you learn about the bone structures and the leg, like the whole horse's body inside and out, feeding, um, everything from farrier work to vet work to nutrition to everything that goes along with managing horses. Um, and then you have your horse side as well. So everything from groundwork, um, to lunging, to riding, to jumping, and gradually the stages go up and get higher and higher. So, you know, your dressage and then your cross country is at a higher level and and then so on. And then you can continue on and um, do your teaching as well. So, uh, you know, we have we have the teaching certificates here now, but we didn't back then. So the British Horse Society was the only way you could have like a, a certificate for gotcha. being an instructor. Hmm. Um, so school was never really a big thing for me. So that was kind of my parents were like, well, you, you got to do something if you don't want to go to college. So um, it wasn't like, oh, I want to be a, a horse trainer or go to the Olympics necessarily. I loved horses and I loved being around horses and it was all I, I wanted to do. And school was very hard for me. I'm pretty dyslexic and it took me a lot, you know, just it was a lot of work for me. And it just, I, I really don't like doing things that I'm not very good at. So <laughs> I like horses. I was pretty good at it and I love being around them on a daily basis and I grew up with them in my backyard and uh, riding. I loved it. So I moved over to England to pursue that and basically, you know, have something for my name. So I'd get my British Horse Society certificates and that was the plan. Um, I didn't end up going through all the way with that. I got offered a job. Well, I, I was there for about six months, I think, and I did my stage one and my stage two um, horsemanship one and my riding ones as well. Um, there was a few more to go on after that. I couldn't tell you now. And then the teacher was at there. So anyways, I did my stage one, stage two, and I was like, I really wanted a horse to compete. So I went over to Ireland. A friend of mine had a, a little cottage over there. She kind of grew up. Her family was there. And I went over and my parents were like, well, let's look for a horse and see if maybe, you know, because I really miss competing. And they're like, you can, you know, maybe if you have a horse there, then it'll it'll make you like give you that drive to really finish the BHS mm -hmm. stuff. Uh, Cause it ended up being kind of a lot of book work again, like reading, but I, something I was more interested <laughs> in. Like, hey, so, so anyways, I was, I went over to Ireland and I uh, rode at a sports field event horses, which yeah. at the time was Carol G and Paul Donovan. They were together and sports field was, I, I don't know for sure, but one of the biggest dealing yards in Ireland uh, for event horses in particular um and Ke carol and paul ran it together they were a couple and i rode some horses there and i think i might have i don't know got taken away within a field cross country with one and it didn't bother me and they said you know we're always looking for people to work um so i was like oh cool well i that sounds great so i went back to england packed up my bag and moved to ireland um wow. the next week i think that's cool because uh, they said you can ride basically, you know, all day, obviously, muck stalls in the morning, you can do everything that goes along with it. But um, yeah, kind of landed myself in that job with, with Carol and Paul. Um, I ended up, they ended up splitting up and I ended up moving to Kilkenny with Carol um, in the beginning of her time before she started Fernhill. Um, 
so we moved there and I lived in a little caravan and she lived in the gatehouse. It's just, uh, you know, kitchen, a gypsy. bathroom, and <laughs> little, little house there. And, and we had eight stalls um, and we went off and we bought, uh, I was with her and we bought like her first couple horses with when she wasn't with Paul and wow. um, she's a wonderful businesswoman and yeah so it was just me and her um, I cleaned stalls and rode horses and she worked on the business and God has it taken off she sure has <laughs> yeah I think Fernhill might be putting out more horses in the sports field now sports field yeah yeah Paul's a great rider and has a great eye for a horse Paul's who's uh, uh Sports field, um, but Carol's a real go-getter and great businesswoman, and um, yeah, she she went after it, man, with a vengeance, and and got some great horses, and um, yeah, turned it around and made it quite a big yard. So she ended up buying that farm um, from the people that we rented it from. It was right out, it's right outside Kilkenny. It's a wonderful location. Kilkenny is a great city in Ireland. It's really fun and. You know, it's outside of Dublin, not too far, but far enough. Um, I, it was one of my favorite places ever um, in Ireland. So it was cool. It was like five-minute taxi ride. So it was easy to get into town, and you weren't in the middle of nowhere. But it was this beautiful facility, um, which I have not seen it with all the improvements. But it had a little indoor, and we had eight boxes. And then she ended up putting some boxes down the outside of the indoor. And I've heard now it's quite magnificent. I couldn't tell you how many boxes there are, but... She definitely moved into the main house, I think, and uh, there's a lot more stalls than there used to be. And uh, yeah, it, it got the bigger when I was there. I stayed with her for um, a little over a year. I, was, I think I was gone altogether for around three years. So uh, I did kind of half my time, a little bit of time in England, part of my time with Paul and Carol together, and then the other little over a year with Carol um in Kilkenny and it was a wonderful experience I rode a lot of horses I competed some horses and just got to see I went around every inch of Ireland uh, looking at horses and just I think it really helped me develop an eye for a horse that's gonna you know go on to do all sorts of different things it didn't have to be just the top horses you know horses that would suit different people um in every aspect of the sport wow that's awesome. So when you came back to the States, did you start your own business? Is that what happened or? Um, no, I got offered a job from, I was, uh, I bought a, well, yeah, Ballin the Kilglory was my first mare that I took up the levels and took to Kentucky. And I ended up finding her in Ireland as a three-year-old, uh, but he didn't really have the money to buy her. <laughs> oh. So I called up Andrea and James uh, Pfeiffer, who I trained with. And then I was like, oh, I don't know. I could ask my parents, but I don't think they have enough money. And I think she's really cool. And I, I really want her. And they're like, well, well, why don't we buy her? And we'll see what, you know, what she'll do. And Andrea was like, well, maybe I want to start a venture. She had, you know, she has a couple kids and she didn't really have a good horse anymore. And she's like, maybe, you know, it'll turn into a mare for me or we'll see where she wants to go. And um, so she, they ended up buying her. And then um, I was like, you know, cause I'll come home at some point. You know, I wasn't planning on living there forever. Um, it was only supposed to be like two years or something like that or a year. And then I was almost three years by the time. And I was like, yeah, I'd <laughs> love to go back home and, um, so James actually found me a job working for a, a Holstein breeder there, not too far from my parents' house, about 30 minutes from my parents' house. So I backed, um, 
and did all the groundwork and broke and showed um, Holsteiners for a breeder there. And they only did dressage and show jumping. They didn't event. Um, But I brought the mare back and I started her focusing on eventing. So I kept her at Andrea's barn um, to focus on the eventing. And I just wrote, went out and rode her every day. She was, I think she was four by the time I brought her home. Um, and I worked at this other barn. And after a while, I was like, I, you know, I love the dressage and the jumping, but it's, I really miss the event scene. And it was like, I could really use, you know, somebody here. So she ended up hiring me on. Um, and I was her assistant trainer and coach and rider for, I think, nine years. Wow. Um, and then they continued to own Pippa. Ellen Akil Glory for me. Uh, Andrea wrote her up through the one star level, but said, Hey, I, I just don't want to go any further mm-hmm. in, anymore. And she's talented and let's see where you can take her. So, um, so she continued owning her for me and I went up the levels with her and I went to Kentucky in 2010 and 2011 um, awesome. with her and worked, yeah, worked with Andrea for Andrea um, from then and, and until 2011 when I, uh, got thought of went over to William <laughs> in 2012. And then he went wow. back to Great Britain to William. <laughs> it's incredible. Yeah. You couldn't get enough of that. Uh, Great I Britain. Was, uh, yeah. I was having a clinic with, uh, well, I had ridden with Eric Smiley a little bit, who's a wonderful, uh, he's a dressage judge and he's ridden uh, for Ireland on a few teams. And um, he's a wonderful guy. And I was clinicking with him and, I had finished Kentucky and I had a couple of young ones and he was like, what are you doing? And I was like, I, oh, you know, just riding these young horses. Colin Kilgore had retired from the top level at that point. And, um, he was like, well, uh, what, you're just going to ride some young horses around here in California. And I was like, well, yeah, I mean, what else am I going to do? I've had, <laughs> you know, I had a good job. I was quite happy. And, um, he was like, well, I, you know, it'd be good for you to go back over and work for, for somebody who's at the top of their game right now. And I was like, well, yeah, I mean, that'd be great. And he was like, and I, I think William Fox Pitt's looking for a rider. And I was like, well, I mean, wow, thanks. That'd be, that'd be really cool. I was thinking I was driving him to the airport after a clinic and he was like, oh, I'll give him a call for you. And I was like, oh, okay. That's, thank you. <laughs> Um, so yeah, he gave him a call for me and he said, I talked to him and he's looking forward to talk to you and, uh, give him a call. So I gave him a call and he said, yeah, come on over for an interview. And I was like, okay. So that was one of the most expensive interviews I think I've ever done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 right. <laughs> so you better get this job. <laughs> yeah. I was, uh, yeah, I think I was there for like four days, got there, hopped on a train, a train down road with him for a couple of days he put me on uh seabiscuit who was just coming back after his winter break uh and his only instructions were don't fall off um, <laughs> <laughs> that was quite scary because you know it's one of his good horses that's gone around badminton and you know i'm sure a couple other four stars is good horse he was just coming back in the ring and he had to trot for five minutes from like that and he just i don't know he just told me not to fall off so i was <laughs> I, any the horse could buck and jump and spook he was scared of everything that that you know looked like a hedge which there was a hedge all the way around the arena so i had to stick on which uh which is good i did thank god um and went on a hack with him and he offered me the job when i was on a hack and it was kind of exciting year because it was london 2012 so he was obviously 
really gearing up for that and pretty exciting to have the Olympics in his home country. Um, so yeah, looking for a couple riders, me and Olivia Loicono, um, actually as well. He always has generally two riders, um, and a group of people working at the yard. And so we were lucky enough to be his two riders for 2012. That's awesome. 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 Yeah. So yeah, it was a wonderful experience and he's a wonderful man and just an amazing, amazing horseman. And I, I took a lot away from um, his his training program and methods and outlook and just how he works with his horses and day-to-day um, work ethic with the horses and in his barn, his, his head girl, um, Miss Jackie Potts and everyone calls her grands and she <laughs> managed the barn and she also is extremely knowledgeable. And so just learned a lot about managing horses at that top level. I think he had over 10 horses that were qualified wow. for the Olympics. Um, yeah, awesome. which is pretty amazing. Um, and he said, you know, if you, if you want to go to a major competition or championships, um, you got to have at least four horses that you think they'll get there. Cause then you might be lucky enough to have one when it comes to time. So he had over hmm. 10, um, and he, of course he had his top few horses that he has picks, you know, but he, he had a string to pick through and, uh, it was pr- pretty impressive to see how he managed each one and their competition schedules. And yeah, like I said, just day in, day out, kind of what he did with them. I was, I didn't take a horse, so I think I got a lot out of it. I ended up um, riding the young horses, and I got to show some of the young horses for that he owns and uh, his mother owned um, and bred. So I, I got to do a bit of competing as well as traveling and grooming and, um, you know, got to go to Burley, and I got to go to Poe um, and travel travel around and see some of the big stuff and be behind the scenes with him and He's just a very laid back, chill guy. I think I only ever heard him raise his voice one time and he was trying to talk and the radio was louder than him. And he's like, why is the radio so loud? (laughs) (laughs) For a year I was there, the only time I heard him raise his voice. That's awesome. So now, so then we fast forward. How did you, you, I mean, eventually you came home and uh, did you like, yeah, you started your own business? uh, Like what's the. At that point I did. So I was, um, I mean, I you've was been training a I lot. You've been, you've been around with a lot of people at that point in time, like always being the, the number two, you know, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think you have to put your time in, um, learning from people. I mean, I, I'd go and do it again. You know, I think you never stop learning in sure. the business and you, you're all, you can always learn from watching and especially great people like that. I, I was, I feel very privileged that I got to be in his yard and ride his horses. And, you know, when he was away competing, he wanted somebody home, you know, and I, I'd obviously, I've ridden or I rode around Kentucky twice before I went over there. So, and I had worked for somebody else for, for quite a long time. So I had a fair bit of experience. And so I was lucky enough that he trusted me to do some gallops on his good horses. Like when he was in Kentucky with Bay, my hero, when he won that year, I was at home galloping his badminton horse but wow. 
Let me tell you, it's nerve wracking to do them in horses last gallop. But he's like, I think you should go up four times or five times. What do you think? I'm like, I have not. No, I've never even been to badminton before. And I think you should probably definitely tell me that. Um, so, yeah, it was I just a wealth of knowledge. And I still in my day to day training of my horses definitely do things that I learned from him. And everybody I've been with. So I, I feel really lucky and I would do it again in a heartbeat to go learn from, from anyone and everyone. I don't think you ever quit learning um, with horses ever. <laughs> I, I agree to that. Yeah. So now how did you end up yeah. when you came back? Did you, you went straight down to Ocala? Like what, how'd you land in Ocala and start your business? Um, so I came back to California. I went to Poe with William as kind of my last trip. And then, um, so I did my season with him and, um, so I came home in like November, I think after Poe, Poe's the first weekend in November. And I came home after that for Christmas and I looked around for some barns, uh, around in California. And I went up to Oregon and Washington and, after being in England and being kind of in the Mecca of eventing, um, I had worked with Bruce Davidson a little bit too, I think in 2007, before I did my first Fair Hill um, three-star back then, um, I based with Bruce for about four months. I went out in the summer and I based with him to condition my horse on the hills and, and learn learn the condition you know in california mm-hmm. we don't have hills like we do like they do in pennsylvania and around there it just it doesn't exist uh, eventually i ended up finding when i was doing kentucky finding a cow hill that i could canter up um but it, it's just not the same and i didn't know and andrea was kind enough to help me go out and learn from bruce and learn his fitness program and to try to help me and Pippa be as successful as we could at our first three-star because um, you know, I had never been that level before and I had brought her up since the bait, you know, I think I started riding her when she was three. And, um, so as much as I was training her, you know, she, I didn't know it either. So I was trying to learn it myself. Um, and so she let me go out and base with Bruce, um, in, in 2007. So anyways, I was there and I learned a lot of conditioning and things like that from him. But when I moved home from, uh, William's Bruce was like, you can't do it in California. If you really want to do this for a living, you have to go to, you have to be out here and be around everyone. And, blah. and so That's I was like, Bruce. well, okay. That's her Bruce invitation, ladies and gentlemen. There. <laughs> <laughs> so I called for his opinion on like a barn. Um, I, I, at that time had, had bought in 2000, 10 2009 I did Fair Hill and I looked at some young horses and I had bought a two and a three-year-old that he had bred um he actually dropped him off at Kentucky with me in 2010 and then I took him home from there but I think I had bought them at Fair Hill the year before and kind of left them there for the winter but anyway so I had two young horses um one of them I leased out to a kid when I was at Williams and the other one Truly Wiley um who was my last, I got to take him around Kentucky in 2017 and 18. He um, was, I bought him as a two-year-old from Bruce. Um, so I was, you know, still in contact with Bruce over that kind of stuff. And I'd still take lessons. And I went out, I can't, I can't remember. I was in 2007, I was based with him. 2008, I went and did Kentucky. 2009, or no, sorry, I did Fair Hill again. I did Fair Hill in 2007, 8, 9, and then Kentucky in 10, 11. So from California. So that was trip, you know, drive out across the country. My Oof. mom always drove with me and we tag teamed it. We didn't, 
really stay over. We did it just stop for diesel. We'd stop and take her out of the trailer and walk her around, which like at rest areas, you're not allowed to do. I think we got like the police came one time. We're like you cannot have a horse here in the rest area. Um, so she was in a box stall and I, I think I did five or six trips back and forth across, um, across the United States Oof. to get out to Fairhill and Kentucky. Um, but anyways, I called Bruce up that, beyond that's I've totally gone off in a different tangent I called Bruce up for some advice because he's kind he kind of had been my mentor for a while um since I based him in 2007 and went through Kentucky um he he kind of helped me and I always called him about fitness work and that sort of thing and he said you know that's when he told me that I had to be I had to be in Pennsylvania I had to be in, <laughs> in Unionville and I had to learn how to jump stick and rail fences and, and post and rail fences and I, I that's where I had to be if I really wanted to do this and I so I had the two young horses uh, that were at that point when I came home five and six um truly Wiley had been turned out in a field as a four-year-old so he was slightly rank as a five-year-old. He <laughs> forgot that he was ever backed at all. Um, and he said, yeah, you know, come out here and I'll rent you boxes. <clears throat> so he was in Ocala. So that was, you know, December probably. So he was moving down to Ocala in January. And he said, come and I'll rent you boxes in Ocala. And then you can come up to Pennsylvania and I'll rent you boxes at Chester and his farm in Pennsylvania. And you'll and see if you like it. If you hate it, you can go back to California. <laughs> if you love it, then you can start your own business out here. I know, okay. So I moved out there. I had a client's horse with me, a thoroughbred horse, Valerie Mackey. Had spent, she, had a, she has a great eye for horses off the track. And she had a really talented one that was just a, a bit more horse than she wanted. So she sent him with me. Um, so I had the three horses and my truck and trailer. And I packed up and I drove across the country with the three horses. Mm-hmm. And I landed in Ocala at Bruce's farm. And I spent the winter here training those horses. Um, and yeah, did our first few events. We actually couldn't event that year because it was the herpes virus that hit. Oh, and so they closed geez. everything down. No events, no nothing. Rocking Horse Ocala, nothing. No mm. events. <laughs> um, but I got to train with Bruce and be at the farm and Selena Hanley was there. And, I, you know, I was loving it because I'd been over at Williams and I'd been around such greatness and and riders and you know getting coached by yogi ridesman who would come and help william all the time and i got to cross-country school some horses with him and you know just i was i had been in the mecca of it and so i was you know i was hungry and thirsty for it and i loved it and so being at bruce's and buck coming over and schooling and selena being based there and just everyone who came for lessons with bruce and being around bruce and I, I loved it. So I went up to Pennsylvania and I rented stalls from him and I had my three horses. And I think, I, I don't know if I started in Ocala or in Pennsylvania, but Ronald involved, was looking for a rider. And I think he hurt. He talked to William, maybe he had looked and William said, you know, girl works for me. She's a good rider. Kelly, she, but somehow they, they got my name up and Ronald offered me a job oh, riding hmm. for him. So in order to make a little bit of money, cause you know, I was, I was putting the bill somehow trying to pay for stalls and hay and, and events, which it adds up. Let me tell you, Oh yeah, <laughs> I was living in a camper, bought a camper for pretty cheap and parked it at Bruce's farm and have my three horses and rented my stalls and was trying to figure out how to buy hay in Ocala, which is ungodly expensive because it's coming from Oregon and Washington. Um, so yeah, driving around, buying a few bales of hay at a time. And then I started riding for Ronald. Um, which was great. And it gave me 
basically enough money to feed my horses, uh, maybe myself a little bit <laughs> and pay for entry. <laughs> um, so yeah. And I fell in love with Unionville and yeah, then I, then I ended up going out on my own after, um, being based with, I think I came back to Ocala for a second winter and then I got, I rented a barn in, um, New Jersey. They had a lovely barn. They're looking for a trainer and, um, I was riding DA Durez at the time mm. and Debbie Adams is from up in the area that I ended up um, basing out of for a summer. And so I rented a barn down the road from Floralee and Mm. um, yeah, started business there and it kind of gradually started to grow. I got some good clients there and I think I ended up having like nine horses in uh, a sweet little kid. We bought her a pony and (laughs) I got my first working student because at nine horses and trying to ride them and trying to ride, I was helping Debbie. So I was riding me three or three or four horses for her and then also trying to clean stalls and ride the horses that I had in. So I got a lovely working student, Danny, and she'd kind of work alongside of me and we'd do stalls at five, six in the morning. And sometimes I'd be doing stalls at 10 o'clock at night. Oh and, my goodness. Um, trying wow. to make, trying, trying to make the business work, trying to make enough money to, uh, yeah, pay for entries and diesel and feed myself. So, <laughs> wow. um, that's how the business business started um, out east. Uh, yeah. I ended up only spending a summer out in New Jersey, and then just I was having to drive back to Unionville to gallop the hills. It, it's I'm really big believer in fitness and keeping your horses happy, trotting the hills and and that sort of thing in um, New Jersey where we were based. Uh, Debbie has a great place at Flora Lee, and so I'd go over there and trot around and canter around. But to do at the time, I had um, I had purchased Blackfoot Mystery from Lisa P. Cook, who originally found him um, off the track, and I had. At that time, she was a client of Andrea Pfeiffer's. And so for the eight or nine years that I worked for Andrea, Lisa was a client there. And at that time, she had got Blackfoot Mystery as a two-year-old out of the rehabilitation center in LA. Um, And he just was too slow. We ran three races and he was basically last in all of them, I think. (laughs) Um, And he was a big thoroughbred, very old school looking horse as a I think he was two or maybe three when she got him but just big boned and beautiful I remember when she first day she brought him to the barn and threw him on the lunge line and he trotted around just I don't I didn't seem like a foot hit the ground he was just floating around Hmm. on the lunge line and he ended he he likes to um whirl around like a kite on the end of the lead rope majority (laughs) of the time he didn't often have a foot on the ground (laughs) But I, I just adored him from the minute I saw him. Um, and I was lucky enough to help Lisa a bit with him. She had had an injury from a different horse. And so I got to do a couple of trainings at one point on him. And then um, later in his career, he was a bit spicy and would spin quite a bit. And so I ended up doing his first like real season at the preliminary level with him. Um, and then she took back over the ride and did his first one star and she did a couple one stars on him. Um, but I got to do, and I, and after I had ridden him around, you know, half a dozen prelims and got him going at the level, I just, I, again, I fell more in love with him. And after coming back from Williams, I was still thinking like all the horses I rode Parkland Hawk and Bay my hero. And like, I got to sit on everything that William died. I still love black of mystery. Wow. I thought that he was just a world-class horse. And I, um, I just thought he was one, one of the best horses I'd ever sat on. So. Wow. 
Um, but he wasn't for sale. She was loving him. She was running him around <laughs> events. And I was like, if he's, I want him if you ever have to sell him or you can't ride him. And she was always like, you're going to ride him. If I don't want to go any further, he'll be yours. And so um, unfortunately, he started jumping her out of the tack when she started going intermediate <clears throat> on him. Wow. He was jumping like a freak. And she called me on the way home from an event and said, I just can't do it anymore. I can't stay on him. You, you need to have him, but, um, she needed a fair bit of money for him. For me at that point, I did, I'd had, you know, <laughs> had nothing to buy, buy bedding. And then hay was about as much as I could, I could uh. handle. And, um, so I didn't have the money. So I was thinking of a syndication at that point and I started to do the paperwork and, um, I actually got most of the paperwork done. Um, and she, and it was like a week later, she called me and she said that somebody else, there was a line of people actually, oh Will Coleman w- was interested. Somebody had told him that she might be selling him. And the assistant trainer at Andrea's at that point um, said that she, she really wanted him. And Lisa was like, you know, I promised you that you'd be first in line, but basically like he's going to get vetted in the next few days if you don't Oof. put uh. the money down. Oh my. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, oh, my God, like, how do I come up with this money? Like, how do I buy this horse? And um, I started asking a few people and it just wasn't coming up with quite enough. And um, my unfortunately, my grandma had passed away. My dad got a little bit of money um, and he, you know, they'd never been able to buy me an expensive horse before. And he was like, you know, if you if you really love this horse and you think it's a good idea to put all this money in there. And my parents could have used the money. They needed to pay their mortgage off. Like in hindsight, it was a stupid idea and very risky, but I said, I do love him and I think he's amazing and we have to buy him. Um, and so they helped me purchase him. Um, and I was going to put the syndicate up and pay them back and do all of that. Um, but I somehow, uh, just kept funding it and kept owning him. And, um, uh, and the end was a good thing because, um, you know, I, he got to go to Boyd and I think Boyd is fantastic. And he got to go to Rio and got to go to the Olympics and all of that. And, and I got to spend a couple of years with him and I, I truly, he, he's a very, very special horse and he'll hold a big spot in my heart forever. But it ended up working good when I <clears throat> sold him to Boyd, I got to pay my parents back and oh, then nice. pay them a little extra so they could pay their mortgage off. And it ended up working good for all they've done for me for all the years. It, it felt good to be able to help them out. You know, and I now, had my credit cards maxed out. You, you, went, <laughs> I was, you bought a Ferrari right after that big sale. And- <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> no, unfortunately I, uh, you know, I, I had truly wily and I had a, a couple other horses going at the time and I literally was trying to make it all ends meet and they he red was going I took him to Jersey and he um the three star at Jersey and um he was placed very well after I think he was like third or fourth um in the three star at Jersey back then and um I had truly Wiley who had stepped up to the advanced level and just funding the horses that um are at that level I didn't have any big owners um I always people always gave me horses to ride and train um and sell and things like that but I ended up those you know those are my horses and I didn't end up selling shares or selling them other people so I was putting the bill which was getting quite expensive and so I you know I think my credit cards were at their limit at that time and um you know, Boyd is looking for a horse for Rio and I took lessons from Boyd. Um, and he's wonderful and I love riding with him and I really do miss that about, about being up North is not being able to ride with him. Um, but he was like, you know, he's a really cool horse and blah, blah, blah. And I, 
you know, everything, unfortunately I own it. So it's all for sale. And, um, but he wasn't for sale. And I said, Oh yeah, they're all for sale. And he said, Oh, I'd love to sit on it. And I'm like, <laughs> Oh, well, okay. <laughs> so that's smart. Thing. You, didn't tell him the price until after he, you didn't tell him the price until after he fell in love and had to have them there. Right. Yeah. Right. Like exactly. we didn't really discuss that. And, uh, you see how much interest, was like, you know, the, the price will be right. Blah, blah, blah. So I was like, okay. So I let him sit on him and yeah. He he fell in love. And, <laughs> the price um, goes up with the big smile. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and I was excited to see where I think Boyd's a phenomenal rider, and Red was always a careful horse and <clears throat> cross country, and um, you know he's great and he's thoroughbred and he runs, but he was he was careful and he was catty and he was you know he was super on the flat, and I got to do a lot with him, and but watching Boyd ride him cross country, you know Boyd's just magic to to watch ride cross country, and so. You know, it was pretty cool to to have a horse that he thought that highly of. Wow, that's amazing! So we owe it all so, to Kelly Pryor yeah. for, mm-hmm. for that. Oh yeah, <laughs> amazing Olympic horse. He's still uh, we still see him yeah. once in a while over there at Boyd's, and we just passed him the other day when we uh, he was out in the field when we went to go. We interviewed mm-hmm. Boyd a few weeks back. And oh, that's cool! I looking, no, looking I used good. to take lessons. I'm with Truly Wiley. I go ride with Silva, and he he his paddock was next to the dressage arena, so I would always. Um, go over and I'd let him and Wiley sniff noses because they were friends and I'd say hi to him every day. So, um, yeah, it's kind of nice. I got to see him. What an awesome, yeah, that's an awesome story. Mm -hmm. Thanks for sharing. Yeah, it is. So you're not going to tell us how much you got for him, are you? Because everyone's, everyone's, (laughs) (laughs) nobody listens. It's just a podcast. It's just us. (laughs) Don't you dare. We'll cut it out. No, just kidding. (laughs) Just I'll leave that one for Boydie. <laughs> All right. I'll ask him. He won't tell you. So, <laughs> so the current business, what, what, what exactly is the current bit? You're down in Ocala. Are you mostly, is it training, training students, horses? What do you, what's going on right now? What's the main, uh, what's paying the bills, so to speak? Um, so, so truly Wiley, um, foot, footed the bill, um, for a couple new young horses, I Wiley's a very special horse to me as well, and I got to run him around. I think the most amazing cross country horse I had ever sat on in my life. He made Kentucky in 2018 just feel so easy. It was That's insane awesome. galloping up to to the distant walls and things like that. He just literally hopped over them, and I could be like, "Oh, we out of step here, we leave here," and he just hopped over. He was incredible, and he got sold to a lovely girl, Rachel Wilkes. Um, to give her that wonderful experience of running around cross country on something as special as he is. So I sold him after Kentucky um, last year in 2018. Um, And then it was kind of weird because I, uh, I'm used to being crazy busy up in Pennsylvania. I had 18 stalls and a waiting list and I, you know, worked from before the same sun came up until after the sun went down, I mean, me and Wiley, when we were getting ready for Kentucky, we'd come back after dark. Sometimes we're doing our, you know, I gave him a second walk a day, either in the morning or at night. And, um, so it was seriously hustling. I lived in a, a trailer for at that point. I moved out in 2013 to Ocala in January. And then I was, had upgraded my camper after red, um, to a little <laughs> bit larger camper, um, which was really nice. Thank you, red. Um, and then, so yeah, I was living in the camper park next to the barn, um, hustling away. We had 18 in, I had a couple people working for me at that point. And, um, yeah, so I moved, moved down to Florida, um, 
every winter, obviously, but ended up uh, staying. My my boyfriend lives down here and kind of convinced me that living in a trailer and being a gypsy um, was great, but maybe I could try to live in one place for more than six months. Um, so I agreed to that. Um, and then Wiley wasn't for sale either. I was actually kind of hoping to take him to Purley, but thinking of how in the heck am I going to afford that? So anyway, he and and it's the best home in the world and I get videos of him also eating Mrs. Pastures cookies and I guess a lot of plugs for Mrs. Pastures but I just always fed them and my mom bought them for my horses and so he loved them as well and I get videos of him eating them and licking them and he lives the best life in the world and I'm I'm very happy for him um, but anyways he's got me my next few horses I went to Ireland um, and to a friend of mine's place and we drove around the country for seven days straight in the car for seven days, driving to every inch of Ireland, um, looking at horses. And I came home with three, uh, two of them happened to be coolie horses, which we went there on like second to last day. Uh, and one ended up being a horse that came out of his yard, Edward Widger, um, and his girlfriend, Barbara. Um, she actually found the horse and, uh, got it back going. But so I got three horses. Uh, one is a five-year-old this year and the other two are seven this year. Um, and none of them had really <clears throat> done any sort of eventing. The five-year-old had done some um, four-year-old classes over there, and the other two had done a little show jumping and, uh, you know, just played around. They were pretty, quite green, actually. So that's – I'm – I've gone back. I really love training horses. It's a, you know, it's, I've done that my whole career, you know, um, with red and with Ballon and Kilgore and truly Wiley. They're both two year olds when I got them and I love the process and I love the puzzle of figuring out how each horse works. And kind of, I found my niche in Pennsylvania, people sending me young horses to kind of give them their base. Um, and I, I love doing that. So I'm lucky enough to have, um, three really cool young horses uh, to help uh, me, you know, hopefully I'll get to keep one. Uh. <laughs> one or two have to be sold in order for me to be able to keep one and fund it up through, through the levels. But I really enjoy, I love spending time with them in the barn. I know every inch of them. I run my hands down their legs at least once a day. And um, yeah, I, I, so, and I also have two, um, girls that train with me, young riders who have been with me, um, from Pennsylvania, they came to me and they were, uh, they, they hadn't had their license yet. So then they were wow. just moved up to the preliminary level and, um, aiming for young riders the next year. And, um, Olivia Gravaskis and Megan Lothney and, um, they're based with me and they each have two horses and they through high school, their last two years of high school, we were based in Pennsylvania in the summers and in Ocala in the winters. Um, and they're great. Megan is working for me now. She helps me ride my horses in the afternoon, hacking them, jogging them, schooling them for me uh, a little bit. And yeah, she's fantastic. Um, I'm really lucky to have her with me. A gap year from school. And, uh, unfortunately I'm going to lose her to UVA in the fall, oh, um, but hopefully she'll keep coming back and visiting. But I have, I have the two girls and I have, um, two horses in for sale, um, for other people that I'm mm, training and showing for them. And, uh, a lovely lady, Barbara, who helps me with my books a little bit. Um, she has a horse with me that we had found up in Pennsylvania and she actually moved down for the winter last, the winter before and ended up 
um, loving it. And her parents moved to Jacksonville. They were originally from um, Chester County up there in Pennsylvania. And so she uh, ended up staying down here with me in Florida, moving down here because her parents moved to Jacksonville, Florida. Nice. So, um, yeah, it's it's really nice. It's quiet. We have 11 horses in. Um, the two girls have their horses, or 12, sorry. Um, and then Barbara has her horse, and I own um, five, I guess, at this point, which is way too many horses to own. I'm <laughs> saying that out loud. <laughs> but um, they're they're all for sale, but I do. I have the three that I brought over are all very talented, and honestly, I'd keep any one of them. So I have one that I think is quite, quite talented, and he's the most quirky of them all. So he'll probably end up sticking around the longest, um, but I think he's the most talented as well. So um yeah so well, we've been competing all winter and the girls have been competing and i brought the young horses out for their first few shows here in ocala um and yeah it's great so it's a lot quieter it's very different um different lifestyle than what i was living up in <laughs> pennsylvania i have somebody who's working for me now um israel is a wonderful guy and he loves the horses as much if not more than i do and they adore him um so it's just great. And then Megan helps out in the barn as well with chores and helps, you know, riding and hacking and tacking and things like that. And Barbara helps me on Sundays. Um, you know, we give everybody else the day off and the horses have the day off. And, uh, if Barbara goes to visit her parents then I do the barn and if I have somewhere to go on a Sunday, um, and have a normal person life, then Barbara, Barbara does the barn for me. Um, so it works, it works out great. We have a good group of people and it's, it's fun. And, uh, we, you know, go to shows around in the summer. It's a lot quieter here um, because it's just hot and the show's <laughs> quiet down. Florida Horse Park's having a couple of shows this summer. It's a little different, but we've gone up to Chat Hills in Georgia and we were at Poplar two weekends ago and so quieting down a little bit, but then also still kicking on Megan's aiming for young riders this year. So, uh, you know, keeping her ticking away and uh, Liv's got some horses too. She took a, a gap from college and so she's also eventing down here this year. My horses are just kind of doing some of the schooling shows. Um, Justine Dunn and Chris Bernard put on wonderful little schooling shows. So I'll take my young guys kind of to that and just bop them around for the summer and the pop shows at the horse park and um, try not to spend a ton of money on entries, but keep them ticking over through the summer. And uh, yeah, Venice, there's a show jump show down in Venice that we go to and you can jump in the morning and then go to the beach in the afternoon. Yeah, nice. So it, <laughs> yeah, it's pretty nice. <laughs> that sounds nice. That sounds good. Mm -hmm. Holy smokes, man. Are you taking on any new students or any, do you have room for more horses? Like, are you looking to pick, pick things up or. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't want a ton more. We'd have room for, you know, the M Megan and, um, Liv are going to have to go back to school um, at some point here. So I'll have a couple spots open, but I, I don't really want to get any bigger than 12. I I've gotten bigger and it, um, it honestly doesn't make you any more money. Yeah. Um, it's just a lot more work and mm -hmm. I don't get to keep as close to eye on my horses and be as tight, you know, be as flexible with my schedule for my students that I have. So I kind of like the size that it is right now. Um gotcha. But I, I would have space for, you know, somebody that wanted to be, you know, train with me and be be in a little bit, you know, it's, it's quiet or it's not the hustle and bustle and, you know, 50, 30, 50 horses and going to shows every weekend. It, it is a little bit quieter, but we put in a lot of time training and I always have people 
that come to coach me and I let my students ride with them as well. And, um, you know, we try to do a lot. So I would be happy to have somebody who's, you know, really driven and, and, then wants to be a part of the barn and the atmosphere come in um, and, and work with me. I'd be happy to do that. Uh, one or two stalls available for that. And I do have horses in for sale for people um, and take horses in training as well. So yeah, I do a little bit of everything and very open to, to people that would fit in and, you know, everyone's nice when everyone gets along and has, it's a fun atmosphere and so, that sort of thing. So yeah, um, sounds, yeah if there's somebody nice. inter- really interested in that. I'd be very open to them. Yeah, for sure. Holy smokes. Do you ever think about doing like the sourcing thing since you did so much of that when you were in Ireland? Yeah. When I first moved home to California, I did that quite a bit. We used to bring over three or four horses a year um, and I'd sell them on. <clears throat> I, I don't know if now that I've gone like, I've kept horses and gone to the top of them. I tend to just really love to to educate the horses and I put so much time into them. And before it used to not be so much social media selling of the horses. So I, I, I am not great at that making videos and, and posting them all over the place and, and selling horses like that. It's not how we did it in Ireland. People came and they rode the horses. And if they liked the horses, when they rode the horses, they bought the horses and it wasn't just sending 5,000 videos to everybody all the time, which uh, I struggle with, but it's kind of how the business has gone and you have to do it. So I need to get better at it. Um, But I like riding the horses. I like to see the match between the people when people sit on the horses, if it's a good match for the horse or for the person, and if they're going to go on and do well together. So I do like that. And I do have my couple Irish horses. Like I said, I'll, I really should only keep one horse. So the other one's for sale. So it, it has to be somebody that came along that got on the horse and got along with it. And I thought it was going to go and be in a successful partnership. So that's kind of a little bit, I guess, how I've gone more than just dealing now. Um, I do take horses in for sale and source, and I have source horses um, for people, you know, that come out from California that want to look at horses in Ocala. I can put together a list of horses and call everybody around. And, you know, I'm, I'm quite friendly with everybody in the area. And so I'm happy to talk to everybody. And I watch a lot at shows. So if there's horses that I like a lot, you know, if somebody's coming out and wants to see horses, I, I always do have my eye out. So I'll have already like five or six horses. I'm like, oh, yeah, this, this is what you're looking for. That horse is super cool. And that's what I would buy for my student. If that, you know, so I've done that a bit horses for people and um and then selling on if i you know my own horse you know but it's more yeah i think that that's brilliant actually that like you have someone who's like a kind of a third party that's kind of got the eye out you know because everyone Mm -hmm. wants to sell their horse you know so to kind of like if if i was shopping and i had a couple bucks and had a good budget and i'd call you up and say which i don't have a budget (laughs) <laughs> don't no, have you a, have a budget. I have a, I have a budget, it's, but it's very not, low. <laughs> like, Kelly, what can we do for what two fifty, five hundred bucks? No. But, but you know, yeah. give you a ring and say, hey, yeah. you know, just say people go and they go to Ireland. There's a lot of thoroughbreds in Ocala. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's really cool. We are probably gonna be shopping for a horse. Shortly. Yeah, no, and I really I enjoy that, and I you know I've known people from California. Andrea has sent me a few students, and she knows me quite well, and I you know obviously knows that. I have an eye and she can tell me this is this student needs this kind of horse and the students obviously then she can come with them or she can or she doesn't have to call the people and sit and just ask them what they have without having her eyes on the ground here. So, uh, yeah, I, it's, you know, I'm my eyes are out here and I'm That's always awesome. looking for horses and, well, and you're highly watching respected. everything. 
You're very highly respected. Yeah. I mean, everyone speaks highly of you. I mean, you're the, the way you're producing horses. So, and I, I don't think anyone uh, anyone doubts that you you know what you're looking at for sure, for sure. Oh, thanks. <laughs> That's awesome. That is awesome. Well, now we know who. I love a good now, jumping horse. Now we got an yeah. now we got an oh, ending. Yeah. Ocala Karen, when we get shopping. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Anytime, anytime. Let awesome. me know. Come down. Come visit. <laughs> oh well, there we go. Now we got a place to stay too. Karen. There we go. <laughs> Yeah. Is there room in the camper for me and Karen? Anytime. <laughs> are you out of the camper or are you in a house now, at least? Are you still in a camper? I'm in, I'm in a house now. Yeah, it's pretty nice. I have running water. And, uh, <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's, it's very nice. Right? I'm in a house. I'm not on wheels anymore. Um, it was kind of hard to do. I was so used to being on wheels and just could leave at any time. I was very much a traveling gypsy. Um, <laughs> Frankie Carrier, my best friend from back home, we always joked about gypsies, and I don't know how it started, but anyways, I lived that lifestyle for we a very actually, long time. We so have it, gypsies. It nice. <laughs> we have gypsies in my neighborhood. Which I know well, not in our neighborhood, not in, in our, like our like block, but like our area. <laughs> our area code has gypsies, like literal real gypsies. It's been on the show. It's been on the gypsy show. <laughs> Oh my gosh! Yeah, <laughs> yeah, for real. We have we have gypsies and Amish, but yeah, I'd rush well, the Amish. <laughs> that's kind of a nice lifestyle. Yeah. I like oh, it. The gypsies it was are, fun. Oh, the gypsies are nuts. <laughs> so Kelly, with all your experiences that um, you have, do you have any advice for a young rider trying to make it in a sport? Oh God, where do you start? Um, I think you have got to get out in the world and learn from as many people as you possibly can. And um, it's not always going to be easy. <laughs> You're going to have to work your butt off and work ungodly hours and, you know, groom and watch. And, you know, I when I was in England with William and, yeah, I had ridden around Kentucky twice, but to go and groom for him, I was, I was completely honored to go and groom for him. I, I wasn't jealous that I wasn't riding. I was completely honored to be there and, you know, walk his horse to the arena and brush his horse and just watch his every move. So I think you can learn a lot in this sport from watching. Um, and I didn't necessarily, it wasn't always just me being on horses and having lessons on horses. Um, William didn't really give lessons, but I got to ride his his horses and like he'd say like a little like I was riding around on one and I think my reins must have been a little long and he said you look like a granny with your reins floppy <laughs> and I don't think I ever let my reins be floppy ever and it's just very quiet and very, you know just little tidbits and you just if you listen really close and you watch and I got to watch him have lessons and you know watching Boyd have lessons with people and just being around those great people and listening and watching and it's, it's not all on the horse's back, you know, grooming for them and being in the barn with them and watching their head people who have done it for years, how they ice their horses and when they do it and how do they feel their horse's legs um, is, is a big, I think that's the key to being successful is being a good horse person all around. Of course, it's, it's hugely you know, boils down to the day and riding, but um, to produce the horses and keep the horses happy and, 
um, progress them in their training is has a lot to do with what you do with them on the daily basis and keeping them sound and happy. You have to know every inch of your horse and you only learn that from experience. So putting yourself in positions where you can learn as much as possible and always listen to anything anyone has to say um, and watch, watch everything. You might see some stuff you don't want to do, um, but you'll see some, a, a lot of stuff that you can take away and put into your own program. Brilliant. Oh, great I advice. Love I love it. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's kind of similar. We, we just talked to Boyd not too long ago and that podcast just came out today that we're, while we're interviewing you. And he said a lot of the same where oh yeah, the kids who are hand yeah. grazing horses next to their dressage ring, the ones who are listening to the lesson going on in the dressage ring and not on their phone yeah. while gagging around. They're the ones who are progressing because they're, even though they're not personal, yeah. they're auditing, they're auditing clinics all day long if they're really had their eyes and ears open. So, uh, brilliant. Yeah. I mean, it makes a huge difference. And I, I'd sit there and watch Boyd have a lesson all day and, you know, watch Bruce ride and watch Bruce ride a young horse and watch William produce a young horse. And, like, it's just watching. You don't have to, it's, maybe it's not huge names like that. Maybe it's just, you know, I I've learned a lot from other people that maybe you don't know their names and just how they do things and treat their horses. And, you know, horses are funny creatures and you you can't have a lot of emotion with them. You gotta, um, it's, it's pretty black and white. It's either good or it's not good. And you can't, you can't <laughs> get wrapped up in the emotion side of it. Some of the best riders are, are very unemotional about the whole thing. And, so learning techniques and tools and, and how to produce them. You know, I have one little guy who I think is really talented, but in the brain, he's maybe a little sensitive. So, and the daily it's figuring out how to keep him calm in the brain and <laughs> thinking and wanting to learn, but yet he's very, you know, physically he's, he's one of the most athletic horses. So challenging him physically, but without mentally over, you know, frying his brain. So it's a, it's, there's a lot to learn and and I didn't go out for a long time on my own uh you know it was over 10 11 12 years that I worked for people and watched people and and I still did when I moved I based out of Bruce's I was still you know learning and listening and then up north I have my own yard but I would you know try to see what Boyd was doing and watch his list you know so it's always learning and listening and it's there's so much to learn and I feel like I have so so much more to learn as well I mean wow. God, every horse you ride you're like gosh I can learn that and take lessons from as many people as you can and take away what you can. It's just a lot of knowledge. It's, it's never ending in this sport. I love it. I love it. I think that just shows that you're a good person to probably learn from as well. Mm -hmm. It shows that you're, you, you have a lot of experience and, and, and you, you're, yeah, it's yeah. So, so vast, you know, I'm sure your toolbox of little, of tools of training are, are, is, is probably got a lot of tools in it. Uh, that's my little analogy. Yeah. <laughs> People get it. People get it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, Bad hey, so it. it's not full yet. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. It'll never be, right? It'll never be full. No, no. Awesome. No, you got to throw out ones that didn't work. Yeah. yeah. Right, <laughs> right. I've learned a lot over the time. That's funny. That's, that's tools funny. Tools have broken. and I've got rid of them and got new tools. <laughs> never heard it that, by that way, but that's brilliant, too, because sometimes – that's true. Mm -hmm. Get rid of that thing. It doesn't work. Uh, so, hey, as we start winding things down, this is really, really awesome. Do you have any sponsors or supporters that you'd like to highlight, uh, you know, that, that help you along? 
Yeah, um, I don't. I don't have a giant list of sports. I'm very bad at talking uh, about myself and asking for things and things like that. Um, but I have some very loyal sponsors that have been with me for a very long time since I was in California when I first moved home from Ireland. I suppose when I was with Andrea out there, Ontari's um, uh, saddles. Uh, started sponsoring me back then and I think that they're one of the most quality saddles you can buy on the market and you can custom fit them to your horses and they are so incredibly comfortable and I credit the saddle to keeping me in the saddle quite a few times. (laughs) (laughs) I remember uh, I can tell you one year I took a hung a leg and I have a picture of you can just see my foot on one side, the rest of my body is gone. And I somehow with me a leg being in the saddle on one side, clung on, got back on. And I swear the saddles are sticky, man. They <laughs> held me in tight for and many, many years. Banded sticky leather. <laughs> um, and, and I <laughs> um, so I, yeah, I ride all my horses in them and I have different ones to make and build a saddle set any horse and any person. And, um, they're, they're wonderful. They're very well made. And I, they've been with me for a long time and they've supported me. When I was in England and I wasn't riding a lot, my name wasn't out there necessarily that much. And they, they, you know, they stuck with me for a long time and they've always supported me and always come back to me and helped me fit horses for all my, you know, uh, Blackfoot Mystery and Truly Wild and all those horses. They always custom fit saddles to them and kept them as happy as they could possibly be, which is a huge key to success with the horses. Their backs have to be comfortable and if they're not, then yeah, that's good luck to you. Yeah, <laughs> so, no doubt. Um, yeah I, I attribute a lot of the success through through that to them. Um, and then Auburn Laboratories APF um, has been a big support of me. Same thing since I was in California uh, way back when I first got home from Ireland. Um, and they uh, make a wonderful supplement for horses that helps with their immune system. Um, they have a couple different ones. APF Pro has a some um ulcer guard protection in it so it helps along you know with your feeding and your program it'll help prevent ulcers um as you travel and it's stressful and then it keeps their immune system up so i when living in california and driving back and forth across the country and you know it's a 55 65 hour drive going to kentucky and pennsylvania uh, my horse has never traveled without it and they are still on it and it has a you know helps build muscle as well and so um, my young horses have just blossomed um, since they came over from Ireland in November and they, they are on it as well. Um, and also another feed supplement is Nupa Feed. Um, they make a magnesium supplement and an L-carotene supplement. Um, and I use both of those. Um, it depends on your horse and what your horse needs. Some horses just can have a little bit and it just helps the lactic acid not build up in the muscle um, when they're working hard. And, you know, some horses are stressed and that builds up more. And even the horses that aren't, it, it just helps them as they perform under you not not get that lactic acid build up and, and that creates a bit of tension. And so you can... Um, you can supplement it differently for each horse and it helps, it helps them. And with the APF uh, combined, it's great. And then the l argentine is great too. I've had some horses that are a bit bigger boned and it just helps their stamina when they kind of hit that wall, it helps mm. them kick through and um, keep going. So for cross country and even for some horses in the dressage that maybe hit that wall and go, Oh God, my butt's a bit tired or don't work through it. Kind of, it, hel- it helps them as well. So they, 
it's a great, it's a great, great supplement. And, um, cool. yeah, I'm, I'm lucky that those guys want to help support my horses and, um, my horses are lucky that they get to be on it. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. That's awesome. Does that so, wind yeah, it that's, I, I don't have many more. My supporters, my fa- family have never, have never had tons of money for me, but they have been the most supportive people in the world. They've always pushed me to ride and whatever, you know, makes me happy and, and drove me to be a, a hard working person. And, and so I've, I have to thank them for all that they have done for me supportively uh, as well. That's awesome. So since you don't have that many sponsors, is there a dream sponsor out there that you, a product that you love that you'd like to shout out and say, Hey guys, I'm here. Hit me up. (laughs) Oh God. There's so many things, huh? (laughs) Um, For the horse, you know, any sort of a, a daily basis boost that they go in, that sort of thing. I mean, there's a few brands that I love, um, but I don't know what I don't know what I would I would pick in particular. A truck, a truck, um, trailers, Ford, right? Chevy, <laughs> yeah, Ford. I'm still paying the Ford off. There yeah, you go. Nice. Come on, Ford, step it up. Let's go. <laughs> So, right, yeah, that'd be like, fantastic. We like to ask that once in a while, just because uh, an- you never know. Yeah, yeah, I know. I, I did have to buy a, a four fifty to pull the trailer that Oof. we that we got when we filled up the barn in Pennsylvania, and we had so many horses going to shows. And my my old dually I drove out from California, Dodge manual just it uh, was we were strong going through brakes a little too fast trailer oh, and everything was a little heavy for it so <sighs> i did have to get a bigger truck but yeah paying paying that off still so ford would be fantastic yeah. maybe you know, a have... car to drive around not a 450 flatbed truck would be... <laughs> we have a success story with this question uh our friend whitney weston was one of our early oh, yes. early guests that's right and she mentioned that she loves rumpf uh equestrian wear and that was one yeah. of her, like, she would love to have them. And she was always wearing her stuff and she was friends with them, but they're like big company owned. And mm-hmm. um, it took a year, but guess what? She is now sponsored by Rumpf. So you never know. You oh throw it God, out there yeah. in the universe and it happens. That's amazing. Big time major league eventing podcast, international. <laughs> this is heard all over the world. So when you say it, it it's out in the universe. <laughs> So there. next right. year you well, should like have that. Ford. Yeah, if, yeah, if everything goes according to the track record, Ford will be ringing you up to <laughs> give you a brand new 450. That's yeah. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Love that. So uh, as we as we wind things down here, right there towards the end, how about how do people follow along with Kelly Prather eventing? You have email, website, social media, the whole thing. I do. Yep, I have Facebook. Uh, which is just, uh, my personal one is just Kelly Prather. And then I have a Kelly Prather eventing page as well. Um, and Instagram is KP eventing. Um, and my email is, um, Kelly Prather. So, and it's on my website. I have Kelly Prather eventing website. Um, I think that, KP Venting. I am not a hundred percent. I'm not very good at that. I'll find you. I do. Frankie does help me a bit with that because she's the best friend there. Um, so you, I might have to ask her about what the actual website. Contact uh, athletics to <laughs> with any inquiries. But yeah, you can find me on there. 
My email's there, but Facebook's great. Uh, Facebook Messenger, Kelly Prather Eventing, or Kelly Prather, or Instagram. Um, you can see all the animals and farm and the ducks and the cows and the horses and see the whole lot. <laughs> awesome. Very cool. Very cool. Well, Karen, was this awesome or it what? It was. It was great. This is really, really fun because um, I think that uh, I think a lot of people really appreciate your story and how hard you worked and how long and, and how humble you were to keep, you know, keep learning and, and uh, living that hard kind of worker slash rider life. And uh, yeah. just, this is great. This is wonderful. It was. Kelly, thank you so much for joining us. And uh, just uh, we can't thank you enough. Yeah, this was great. Yeah, thank you guys so much for having me on. and uh, I love listening to everyone else's stories, so I appreciate you guys taking the time to hear mine. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. You can leave us a review on Apple iTunes or visit us at MajorLeakEventing.com. Cheers! <laughs>